Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Welcome Jeff. Welcome everyone to Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips, joined as always by Jeff Torrey. And today we're talking bust potential. We got our top five players. These pick five players who we think could maybe possibly bust. I mean, we're not going to... I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, Jeff. I'm not saying these guys are going to bust necessarily, but it's kind of like bust potential slash yes, yeah, kind of. And I just these are guys that even I might even have them ranked up there a little bit, but there's just some risk involved with it. I would say, and some things that just make me a little hesitant, um, especially in early first, second rounds. If these guys are on the board, I sometimes might pass them up for a, you know safer player so shoot, let's just get into the list here then i did you do did you rank it one to five how'd you so i will do that we'll go five to one here who do you have first who is your number five player on bus potential so my number five here and i don't necessarily agree with this one but i do have to just put him on the list because it is out there it there is a certain amount of risk you're going to be taking no matter where you're putting him but todd Gurley. Personally, I'm willing to take that risk, especially now that he's dropping to like the 10th running back. I think that is a great value pick. But if his knee concerns turn out to be true, then yeah, no matter what, because he won't be able to play a full season, then he's not going to be worth necessarily that value. So it's more to get it out of the way because I know everyone's going to ask about it. Todd Gurley, yeah, he does come with risk. It's just whether or not you want to uh, live with that risk, which right now I'm I'm willing to. I didn't put him on my list. I did think about it. Yeah, because there is, I mean, there's some risk. As much as I do like Todd Gurley and we've talked about it, yes, it is slightly risky. There, I mean, obviously there's some knee concerns. I just don't think they're going to really take hold this year, but they're going to use him less. And, you know, there's some people I feel like are just really overreacting to it, even just so much that. He falls to the second round. I love that. I just love getting him in the second round. So I'm probably passing him up in the first round now. Any chance in almost every draft, just because I think I can get him in the second. That's where I found myself in early drafts I've been doing. I actually tried that in um, a league I was just telling you about before the episode started where I drafted Melvin Gordon at number seven, even though I have got Todd Gurley ranked ahead of him. I was hoping Gurley would drop to me in the second. He actually didn't. He went 10th in that draft, so I didn't get it didn't quite work out, but that's kind of the move I'm trying to make there and get Gurley in the second round. If you were in that situation, Gurley or Gurley versus Melvin Gordon, who are you going to pick there? I mean, right now I would take Gurley. I, I know that so. that is the not what the consensus says at the moment, but I, I think he I'm not as worried about it. Like you said, I think you make really valid points. And hey, if you know, I'm like I said, I'm willing to to risk it. So if I do get a few less games, um, I'm okay with that. And I really do. I'm already kind of banking on the fact that he's going to get less rushing attempts. And once again, I'm okay with that. I still think that he is going to be a beast when it comes to touchdowns. And Gordon, as much as I love the guy and I've had him, you know, multiple years, it's not like he doesn't have any, you know, wear and tear on him either. So I, I feel like that argument, especially when you're going Gordon uh, Gurley, is a lot closer than a lot of people are giving it credit for. Yeah, I think I'm more passing it up just because I think I could get him in the second. It just, I mean, it depends on your league. There's some, but there's always like probably at least one of the 10 or 12 guys that 
aren't as concerned. But he has been dropping. It's just it's it's crazy to think that happened to Todd Gurley, a 24 year old running back, and we're already talking like he's done. I just don't think that's the case yet. No, I, I don't either. I, I think that people are over over exaggerating what this is, and you know we've talked about it at length at this point. But I, I really do think he is going to be just fine, and I, I'm really hoping he just keeps dropping because I think that only makes my job far easier as a you know as a whatever you want to call it as a owner <laughs> because if I can get him in the second round, oh my gosh, that is I mean this. The golden goose, if you will, is just going to keep giving because I can already get a, a number one wide receiver or another top five back. If I can pair that with Gurley and he does stay healthy, it's going to be very difficult to defeat a team I put together. Yeah, that's the thing. That's If you get Gurley in like this early second round and he stays relatively healthy for the year he play, and he's playing, I don't see how you're not a, a playoff team at the worst championship who playoffs are always kind of you know who knows i mean shoot i had saquon barkley and zeke in a league last year and i didn't win the title so hey yeah you never yeah, quite I mean, know yeah. <laughs> it happens to, it happens to everyone yeah it's the playoffs are a toss-up <laughs> so who do you have at number five then so i actually went with a quarterback here and it's actually one i kind of like but he's jumped up in the ranks now to number 11 it's Jameis winston just because there is a chance i think of decent chance that he could bust. We've seen it in the past. I I tend to lean on the side that I think he's going to be good, but if I'm going to take any quarterback up here that I really I kind of have some hesitation on, it is definitely going to be Jameis just because of what we've seen. I mean, how many times did he get benched in the last couple of years? And he's never we've seen the flashes of it and it's never quite put it all together. So it, now we're drafting him as a QB1. It's there's some risk there. I know it, I know you're a Jameis fan a little bit, so I don't know how you feel about that one. No, I'm okay with that. I mean, <laughs> fan might be stretching it, but uh, <laughs> you, you I, like I the potential. He, yeah, he has a ton of potential. I mean, you look at the wide receivers that he has right now too. You're talking, you know, Evans, which is unbelievable, or he can be, I should say. Uh, you have Gowan, who I think is a very good uh, wide receiver, who should probably get a, a few more looks because of the departure of Deshaun Jackson, and then you have OJ Howard who we both agree is one heck of a talent and he's going to be coming into his third season. He really had his breakout last year or started to before he got hurt. Um, and if he finally, you know, marries the, the mental aspect of it and stays out of trouble with his physical ability, I, I think there's no doubt he will do well, but you know, that's a big if to your point, because the guy has always found a way to get in his own way, right? It's either mental mistakes or he is just, gotten in trouble and then he can't play a full season and they're scrambling to try to find another quarterback. And obviously what, you know, transpired last year with uh, Fitzpatrick, that whole, that whole mess. I mean, he, he shouldn't never been able to give up his spot for Fitzpatrick. He's a better quarterback. Um, but Fitzpatrick, you know, he, he didn't do anything wrong necessarily. I don't know. We should, he's 11th. I'm looking at this rank. He's ahead of Goff, Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers. It's kind of a man. But I guess again, then again, at that point, I probably would just take Jameis for the potential, even though he could bust. And if he does bust, oh, well, you get one of the other guys off the waiver wire, right? It's, the risk isn't too crazy as much as he right. could, you know. 
But all right, let's go to your number four. My number four. This one is more of an an overvalued aspect. Um, so this isn't going to be mind blowing to anyone, but Julian Edelman is actually creeping up in a lot of different drafts, and I like Julian Edelman. Don't get me wrong; I think he's a heck of a football player, and he is clutch in the playoffs but he has never been a huge factor in the regular season as far as fantasy right he has always been a good player to have on your team but right now in the ESPN rankings especially he, he's already crept all the way up to number 13 in the wide receiver rankings I think that is far overvaluing what he actually brings to the table and you look at the last five years of what he has ended rank wise and I think this is what you can come to expect because this is how the Patriots play and they still have Tom Brady um, yeah, they don't have Gronk, but they're going to have a obviously new young wide receiver. Hopefully he'll get into the mix. You have Sony Michelle. You have all those backs you still like to throw to. So I don't see Julian Edelman's role changing all that much. Um, but, you know, starting five years ago, he finished 19th. And that was his best finish ever. Then 26th, 37th, 24th, 23rd. And yeah, he missed a few games last year and still finished 23rd. It was a, you know, it was a good year for him. But as Tom Brady continues to kind of, and I know people hate talking about this, but he does continue to decline a little by little, and especially in the regular season where he doesn't have to prove anything and they don't make him put up giant numbers anymore. They don't care. They will still win no matter what. Um, they just have a better game plan usually. So if that continues and he doesn't have to show out, I don't think Julian Edelman finishes in the top 20. And if you're you know, reaching all the way to 13 or maybe even reaching past that. I mean, he's almost getting to a top 10 space for a few people ranking him. I think that is insane. So that would be my number four. So I, I like Julian Hillman, but it's gotten a little too crazy for whatever reason. Part of it's probably the just memory of the Super Bowl. Yeah, and he was phenomenal in the playoffs. He always is. But hey, you know, you have to go regular season stats. And yeah, and with him, every time I'm on the you know, maybe on the clock with him around that, around his value, his spot. I don't draft him. You know, it's he's. I mean, he's typically around like a Brandon Cooks, Kenny Galladay type players, and I'm I'm drafting them over him probably every time. Yeah, I would too. And he's. It is more. I don't know how much. He, and it's he's. I don't really think he's going to like bust and be a terrible player, but you're not going to get your value out of him. There's a really good chance he's he's only going to be like a, he could be like a 30th ranked player. And if you're drafting him like he's the 13th, that's going to hurt you a little bit. Exactly. And and it's true. And that's why I said it's more overvalued on this one. These first two, you know, the first one's speculation. The second one's more overvalued. And then we get to more like they have legit chance to bust. But um, I, I just had to put that out there because when I saw him creeping up there, and even that, especially on ESPN being kind of a, one of the major lists that a lot of people look at, and obviously they people use them to draft as well, so that ranking will be up there. Um, I, I think that is that is far too high for him. So I went with a wide receiver as well at number four. And this one, I have a feeling there's going to be some um, pushback on this because for some reason this guy seems to have a pretty good fan club. It's uh, Robert Woods. And he's currently the 15th on Fantasy Pros. He's all the way up to 15th right now in the ranks. He's the number one ranked uh, Los Angeles Rams receiver, which I probably I put him number three, actually. I have him as the third Rams receiver, and they have him now. He's ranked as the number one here. And I really think there's this shot that he last year's numbers looked pretty decent, but Cooper Cup was out the whole year. 
It was Brandon Cook's first year in the offense. I could see Robert Woods could go down quite a bit from that and being ranked 15th is a little much for me. I think I have him around like 23rd right now. I just, man, I don't see it. I don't see it with him. And it kind of worries me. If I wouldn't draft him at 15, there's a chance that it really could fall off a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't have any issue with that. It's kind of the same thing as yeah. the Julian Edelman pick for me, right? I mean, it's yep. more of an overvalued thing, but I agree with you. I think he is the third option in that offense when you're talking about passing. Because I do, I like, I would put, you know, I'd put, uh, obviously, you know, Cooper above him. And obviously I would definitely put uh, Cooks, you know, as the number one. But I, honestly, him and him and Cup are really beginning to be kind of in line. Seeing how much they actually need Cup and how well he did right before he got hurt just kind of proved to me. And I know that they, they'll continue to, to throw it and Goff is actually proven me uh, wrong. I, I think he took such a huge step last year, even though he screwed me over at the end of the year. But, uh, uh, you know, I think he's good enough to pass the ball around. But compared to what he did last year, I think there is going to be regression. Um, but I didn't put him on here. And it was more just, you know, I thought Julian Edelman was more of a, a risk than Woods because I, I do think that he has that chance to, you know, still be up there. I think he's relevant. But I totally get your point because I've never thought anything too highly of Woods. Um, I don't know. It's a weird one because do you believe in that offense still? And I kind of do. And that's why I'm not ready to fully back that one. Let's see here. Where are we at? Number your number three. My number three. And this is a one that he, it, it might be surprising because he's not really over ranked at the moment, but on ESPN, he's number 28th running back, and he probably – he's about there. You know, he, he he kind of borders over around number 28, number 29, 30. But Miles Sanders, and I realize this is kind of a, a no-name to kind of bring up in this case, but the way people are starting to talk, I think he will continue to rise up the ranks. And in a crowded backfield, in a you know offense that two years ago when Wentz was healthy – where the running backs didn't score a whole lot of touchdowns rushing. We don't know what kind of pass catcher he's going to be. Um, obviously, you still have two, three other guys that were very capable in that role. Not not studs by any chance, but, you know, very capable. Um, I, I think he literally could just disappear. He, he might just not grab a footing. He might not beat anyone out in camp. He, there's a whole lot of what ifs. And this guy might completely disappear. And who knows, Adams could be, uh, you know, a top 20 back or one of their, the other Eagles running backs could take it. And when you start talking about, you know, drafting him, I know it's more about the, the upside, and I get that. But this really does have bust potential because if he starts gathering a little more steam, which it won't take a lot to, you know, get him in the, you know, early 20s, um, he just might not produce at all. And so I think that's why I had to put him up here as a bust because I do hear so much love about this guy, even though he hasn't done a thing yet. Yeah. So once again, it's lower than you usually talk about bust people, bust risks, but I just, I, I can't get over this one. I just don't understand. I mean, there's Lamar Miller right behind him. Tariq Cohen, Tevin Coleman, Darius Geis. I mean, those guys are directly after him. And I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't understand it um, quite yet. I mean, maybe if he shows out in preseason or something, then I, I, I'll get it. Or maybe if he's actually ranked as the number two guy on the depth chart going into the season or the number one, and you're kind of like, okay, he, he's guaranteed playing time. 
then we can talk about it. But right now, he's getting a whole lot of love for just for the fact that the other running backs aren't necessarily anything special. But we see that quite a bit in the NFL. You don't have to be special. You just have to be sure-handed, and you have to you know make the most of your carries. People always like the new thing. <laughs> and it gets ranked too high almost always. So there's a lot of over, <laughs> overreaction. I, I couldn't rank. Oh, man. 28, that's a running back three. So basically your flex. How could you do that? How could you put him as your flex? Didn't feel any kind of comfortable. I, I, I truly don't know. And it, it, he was he was a good, I mean, he was a good college player. Don't get me wrong. But he, he wasn't one of these that, I mean, I don't know. I just I just can't wrap my head around it quite yet. And maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe he really is that dynamic of an athlete and, and he'll show out. And then I'll say, okay, great. You know, bust potential is, is definitely lessened. But right now, that's a giant red flag for me. I, I see him like, you know, kind of slowly creeping up the rankings. And I'm like, I, why? Yeah, it's really that's I agree. I kind of agree with you, even though I, I, I kind of like him. But where he's starting, I liked him early on when he was going to be like maybe ranked 40th, the 50th, maybe, you know, 50, maybe I get him like a last round pick, that kind of thing. When it's actually has to be a player in the middle rounds, like maybe seventh, eighth, ninth round, whatever he's going to go. That's too much for me. I'm, I didn't think you were going to uh, be behind me on this one. I, I thought you were going to, I, I, I thought you were going to no, stick I've, up for him. I've kind of seen it too. And the, the, it's gotten a little much for me. It's gone. I, I really thought this would be a guy I could get later and I'd be cool with that, but it's, it's starting to move up and I don't, I don't necessarily like that. I, I don't like when a guy starts moving up too much when there's really nothing behind it yet. It, it always worries me a bit, but all right. It just does. It just, I get, I get nervous. So Miles Sanders is my number three. Who is yep. yours? Mine. I went up the board a little bit and it's a wide receiver it's Amari Cooper. <laughs> I don't think you're going to hear a whole lot of argument from a lot of people because he has burned so many bridges. But why don't you go ahead and pitch it's just, this? It's just <laughs> the perfect bus potential candidate is because we his okay. I think a lot of people just remember that week 14 game that he had last year and how he killed a lot of people's um, seasons and playoff hopes and dreams. And mine included. And I <laughs> just I'm getting getting bad flashbacks right now, Jeff. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm tasting sour grapes from you over there, buddy. I mean, ten for two seventeen and three touchdowns. Yeah, he had, he did have one big game. So are are that you worried massive. that he, it's gonna be the same kind of thing? Are you worried that he'll have a few big games, but overall okay. it won't be worth playing him week to week? Or yeah, what are you worried about? Yes, because I think people are a little bit clouded by what he did in those couple big games he had two like really massive games and it people seem to think that wow he was so much better in Dallas than he was in Oakland and I'm not sure he was that much better he's still a boomer bust guy so even in Oakland last year he had a game he had 10 for 116 in a game and he had an 8 for 128 in a touchdown you don't even seem to remember that this was through four weeks he had two of those games in the first four weeks with Oakland it's a pretty solid game. So those other games were all terrible. One for nine, two for 17, one for 10. Those were pretty brutal. And then with Dallas, he had the two for, or the 10 for 217 and three touchdowns. He had the eight for 180 and two touchdowns. So just two massive games. One game that was eight for 76. So that was 
no, not terrible. But his other games were three for 36, four for 32, four for 25 for 31. So he followed up that 10 for 217 with a four for 32, a four for 20, and a five for 31. That's actually how he ended the season. And then I guess, yeah, he did have he did have a good seven for 106 in the playoffs in the first game and then six for 65. So I just think those two big games have really skewed it too much. And even probably in my mind, I've probably moved him up um, a little too much in the ranks when maybe he really should be like a 20th ranked guy instead of like a 12th, 13th, 14th ranked guy. See, there is potential. There's a lot of potential, but there's also a lot of bust potential, I think, with him. And it's scary. I was going to say, I, I don't think a lot of people will give you a lot of pushback. He easily could have made my list, but it would have been like the third year in a row. And I was just kind of like over it. <laughs> like everyone knows that he is, a, a you know, kind of a, a dangerous case to pick. But I mean, the points you make are incredibly valid. And it, it is good to go back and look at what he did with Dallas because you're absolutely right. It was feast or famine. And I am hoping that Dallas really does put him in a better situation in order to succeed. And I, I think Dak is um, uh, a better quarterback than than Carr is. And I, you know, I like the um, I like the coaching and just organization better and how they handle wide receivers in general. I mean, I, I think Amari Cooper could do well there, and I'm I'm hoping for it. But yeah, there's no doubt that he does have a lot of bust to p- potential because how many I mean how many people got him and missed out on uh, his big weeks because at some point it's just not worth starting him every week just to get that one. Yep. That's, man, those kind of players always just worry me. They're tough to, it's like the Deshaun Jackson player, you know, that's always the guy I would go to on that. At the end of the year's numbers are probably going to look great, but how many games is he actually going to win you? That's sometimes what you got to look at. So Cooper kind of worries me there. All right. So where are we at? Number two. Number two. So this is where we start getting into bigger names. And uh, this one might actually give me a little bit of hate because the more and more I look at it, the more and more I think I I view Le'Veon Bell as a risk. And I I truly don't know where you stand on this one, Craig. But right now he is ranked uh, sixth, um, you know, running back wise on ESPN and seventh on, um, you know, Fantasy Pros, which obviously is a, a very good list to look at as well. And he, I totally understand why he's ranked there. It's hard not to rank him up there. But also, if you're looking at where he came from, which is Pittsburgh, obviously, how many carries he got, which was he was always ranked in the top three with as many touches as he got. Usually he was number one. And you see the kind of run support that he, you know, He's pretty much gifted. And now you're going to the New York Jets, which has a second-year quarterback that has not proved himself yet. You have one of the worst offensive lines from last year, which everyone's hoping that they're, you know, improving, but you never know until you see it. And you can I mean you can look this up too. I mean, they were constantly rated in the bottom, you know, the at least the bottom half. I've I've seen 25th and and lower and um I did look up uh one of the um, websites you can actually look look up that did a different uh, statistical analysis, Football Outsiders, um, they show how many times the O-line allowed him to get stuffed. This is all last year, so I realized that they weren't working with as talented of a back. But they were ranked dead last. They were a middling passing offense, and they were ranked dead last for run support. So 
yeah, I am worried. And you haven't seen him for a year. And I, I think that he'll be able to shake off the rust, but maybe he's not. Maybe he doesn't like the offensive play calls. Maybe they don't understand how to use him like Pittsburgh did. And also, one more thing you have to think is, see how easily James Conner became a top 10 back just because he was in the Pittsburgh offense? We might find out that Le'Veon Bell, and this hurts me to say as an MSU fan, but we might find out that he is just a run-of-the-mill NFL player. I, I think he's very – I think the fact that he can run and catch and do a lot of things will make sure that maybe he won't be just a complete bust. We're not going to see like a Trent Richardson from how many years ago. But it's. I think it is slightly dangerous to take him this high. And heaven knows, you know, if they're already out of it as well, because New York Jets probably won't be that good, what says that they're, they're going to use him as much as he was in Pittsburgh? What says that his carries aren't going to be cut in half come, you know, week 10 when they're like, I, I think we're out of this. Let's, let's save him for next year when we have one more year for Darnell. We have, you know, one more year of picks. You know, I find him as a true bus candidate, um, but that one's going to be a, a little rough because he's done so, so well in years past. But as I said, all of it kind of stacks up saying he needs a lot of touches, and right now he's only done it with a good offensive line. I agree. He's my number one. Really? I yeah. am kind of shocked on that one. And it's for a lot of the same, a lot of the same reasons you said. A lot of it's... I don't know what kind of team he's going to. They weren't very good. Like you you know, you said, they weren't a good team. And even though it, a lot of it honestly depends on Darnold, doesn't it? It really does. If he makes, it does. If he makes the leap, Bell could really be a good player. But if Darnold doesn't quite make that leap and he's just better, but he's still mediocre quarterback in the NFL, I don't know how Bell can be that great. It's really hard to be successful to be a successful running back on a bad team look at david johnson last year we know he's a good running back we know he's extremely talented but he couldn't do anything on that team on arizona last year i could see a very similar situation for bell this year even though he's a good back he could just have a just a really mediocre year and not really give you much because and i i'm a little nervous i've actually moved him now he i had him sixth um, I've dropped him another spot to seven. I did m- put Melvin Gordon finally ahead of him, which just I feel it's one of those where I had to do the whole. I'm sitting there in the draft. I have Melvin Gordon. I have Le'Veon Bell on the clock. Who am I going to pick? I feel comfortable with Gordon. I'm going Gordon. So I drop. I put Gordon ahead of him now. Yeah, and and people do tend to forget how dynamic and how good the Steelers' offense was. I mean, you had Antonio Brown. You had you know Juju, which was his rookie year, the last year that Bell played, and the fact that you can stretch the field that way and then you also have a good O-line, it, you know, it is the running back's best friend. Not to mention, even if he didn't get along with Roethlisberger or whatever <laughs> whatever the thing is, he's a good NFL quarterback and he is able to get you the ball and they threw it a lot, they ran it a lot and if you're on a good offense, then you get into the, then you get into the end zone a lot more as well, which I feel like people forget. Like, he... He is going to have a difficult time being a double-digit touchdown guy, you know, if the Jets struggle at all, which I assume they will. Yeah, that's the more I look at it, the more I think about it, I'm starting to I get a little nervous. And he might shoot. I'm thinking, what would I mean? 
like even like a Joe Mixon, I might be more comfortable with. Yeah, you you know what you're getting out of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, but there's just that potential that you get a number one running back for where you're getting Bell at. But I could, I, but that's the whole point of this list. There's the potential that he busts. It, we're not saying he's going to, but yeah, he there's could, more risk with him than others. Yeah, he could be amazing, right? I mean, I don't think he'll return to what he was in, in Pittsburgh, but if he was going to, people would rank him in the top three. So, yeah, I mean, once again, maybe he won't, but personally, I'm not like, taking that risk. He's not worth it for me. I like sure things in the first round. Yeah, <laughs> We say that, but we, know, we like Gurley. But, yeah. We, we do, do, but, but that's probably. why I want Gurley in the second. Right. <laughs> Say so that was my number one, your number two. So I guess I'll go to my number two, which I don't know if you'll agree with this. Um, I actually think a lot of people won't agree with this, and we've just kind of talked about him. His name's James Connor. Oh, okay. I did not. I, I didn't even really think about him too much for the list. So why? What worries so you about he, him? Where is he? He's ranked about eighth right now. I think. Some rank. Let me see. I'm gonna pull up fantasy, fantasy pros. He's ranked number eight currently, and I want to okay. see on ESPN. He is ranked eighth as well. So yeah. Okay. See, like you kind of said there with Bell, you're wondering maybe you saw how easily Connor was able to come into what Bell did and do the same thing. So maybe it's more of a system type thing, and that worries me. It's because I mean Jalen Samuels came in well too. He did. He did. And who's to say that James Connor is really that special of a back? And what happens if he gets hurt or something early on? Somebody else like Samuels come in and takes over the job. It just Connor doesn't get it back. He's not a sure thing guy forever there. They could easily move on from him if somebody else comes in and does just as good of a job. And you look at his last five games last year. He had a 13 for 65, 9 for 25, 13 for 53, 15 for 60 and a 14 for 64. Those aren't great. <laughs> you know, we got three touchdowns in that five game span. He, he had a couple, he had a game with six catches, a game with four catches. So he gets those sometimes, but it's really, he had the opening game. He was great. He was great in weeks five, six, seven, eight. He had four straight hundred yard games other than that. So he had five great games on the year and he had, eight games that were kind of mediocre. I will say seven because one of those games, he had two touchdowns. So that's can't say that's a mediocre game. So five, five great games, what seven eh, below average, mediocre games and one pretty solid game with the touchdowns. It's that's to me, that's not a, that's not a first round pick. And it worries me that some of those other games, like early in eight for 17, a nine for 19, nine for 25. Those are three really bad games. And when I really dig into the numbers and look at it, I worry that you could see more of those. And if you're drafting, it's not a big deal when you draft him. Like you did, you didn't draft him at all last year, very at the very end. And you get, you're getting, you know, a couple great games out of a guy who you spent nothing on. But when you actually have to spend a first round pick on him at the worst case, like very beginning of the second round, it's a little bit um, worrisome for me. Yeah, and I get that. I mean, that's always the worry with a guy that is more about situation than talent. Yep. And you see it a lot, right? I mean, but I think that he belongs up there. But I do, I do admit that when you're looking at guys just below him, 
um, especially when you're looking at guys that are just pure talent, more talented, I would say. I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, Fournette, Delvin Cook. I mean, the list goes on and on about guys that are really talented backs that are being taken after him. Um, even just that alone, not, not to mention that, yeah, maybe he just does lose the starting job or maybe it becomes more of a split with Samuel, like you said. Yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of risk. I, I didn't put him on my list. I, I get that one, though. I do get it. And he's actually up on Fantasy Pros. It looks like he's up to seventh now. I just pulled it back up. Or no, there it drops to eight. Okay, eighth. One spot ahead of Joe Mixon. One, there are two spots ahead of Todd Gurley. And I, I, I want Joe Mixon over Connor. More comfortable. Yeah, I think that. it's another guy that I think is just more talented. He's not losing his job. There's no chance. No, Connor, there. Yeah, you're right. There is no chance. And so, yeah, I'm okay. I'm not necessarily telling people not to draft Connor, but I just don't feel comfortable. That's the spot, though, right there is where like James Connor's on the board, and you're at the end of the first round kind of thing. I go to the receivers and I draft a wide receiver. I think almost every time. I'll draft DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones. I'll draft somebody like that, I think, over James Conner, honestly. Because if I can then go later on and get a different running back, like I'm I'm just as comfortable with Leonard Fournette, and he's ranked eight spots below him. Damian Williams, who's ranked seven spots below him. I'm okay with those guys. Actually, I, I love Damian Williams right now, and I know that he's risky for the same a lot of the same reasons, if you will. But I, I think that is the interesting point. I think they're almost the same player. You're on great offense, and you have you do have some ability, but you know you had your chance last year. You capitalized on it, but can you secure that for one more year? It's really what it comes down to. And Damian Williams, people are looking at him very differently than they are Connor, mostly because he has high behind him. But I I look at those two, and I'm like, man, they are the exact same player this year, pretty much. Yep, I I like Damian Williams a lot actually too, but it's because of where he is in the draft. And right, you, you get him. Yeah, you get, you get, exactly. He's a third round guy. He's Connor's upside with uh, less of a price tag. I really like Damian Williams and Connor. I mean, I, yeah, if you could, if you could get James Connor at thirteen or fourteen, that'd be uh, be awesome. If you're getting him at the end of the second round, early third round, I love that pick. I just don't love it in the end of the first round. Yeah, I get that. So, all right, that was my number two. We went over my number one, so we're at your number one. My number one, and I'm actually kind of surprised he didn't show up on yours. I thought maybe he would have, but uh, I don't think this is going to be that much of a surprise, but Derrick Henry is back on everyone's list. He He's already up to number 14th as far as running backs go, and this is two years in a row that he makes a giant jump up and then doesn't do anything with it. And I know what you're saying. You're trying to remember where he finished last year. And you look it up real quick and you're like, he finished 13th. What is this guy talking about? And I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that he was almost worthless until he got to week 13. So you weren't playing this guy anyway because he was playing so poorly. And and finally in week 13, he only has 17 carries, but he, he got pay dirt four different times. So he scored four touchdowns. With 238 yards, he just blew up. It was like 14 yards uh, a carry against Jacksonville, and people lost their minds. And then the next week, they followed that up with 33 carries for 170 yards and two touchdowns. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. He has another good game after that, 21 carries for 84 yards and a touchdown. So basically, (laughs) this guy goes ahead and scores seven touchdowns in three games, amping up his stats when really that wasn't the role he was playing. He really couldn't get it going. And early in the year, they tried to. I mean, he had 
10 carries and 18, 18. And he didn't get over. He got 56 yards, 57 yards. He was averaging just over three yards a carry. He is a huge guy, and I want to believe he's talented because he has straight line speed. He has a lot of things you like to see, but he is incredibly inconsistent, and he has never put it together. Even two years ago, the only reason he jumped up, and this was for me too, I I took the bait, but he did very well in one game of the playoffs, and you're like, my gosh, that's what they're going to do. They're going to use him a ton. They're going to give him 20 carries a game, and then they bring in Deion Lewis, and they give him about 10 touches a game. And the guy just can't get it going with that. And you would think that with as poor as the passing uh, portion of their offense has gone, that they would give him more. But at the same time, when you don't have to worry about the passing, you can also stack the box. So it might also be a large portion of his problem. But I just think this is way too high for this guy, especially with how deep running back is this year. I think he has tremendous bust potential. And I think at number 14, that is way too rich for my blood. I thought about putting him on the list. I really did. And it just didn't quite make it. But yeah, this is, I can't, I never find myself drafting Derrick Henry. I liked him where he originally was going. You know, he was like ranked like 20th type running back around there. I liked that up to 14. I'm not sure. I mean, and even that, yeah, that big game he had. I mean, he had a 99 yard touchdown, a 54 yard touchdown. It's a little fluky, right? <laughs> I mean, Without those, those two right there are 150, you know, 150 of his 238 yards. He did it against two teams that were, I mean, Jacksonville is a good defense, obviously, no doubt about it, but they're fluky. And then you do it against the New York Giants, which were out of it in a very dysfunctional team. So you take those two games out of it. I mean, it's incredible how much it deflates his, his statistical output. And that's what you got to be looking at. Yeah, when you look at this game log and you see how he did for those first 12 weeks, then you look at he had 1,000 yards, like how did that happen? <laughs> how is that even possible? That was in week 13. Not only was it the first week that he broke 100 yards, it was the first week he broke 60. <laughs> it was. He had five touchdowns before week 13, and then he scored seven in three games. And. Hey, if they if they play him like they did those last four games, sure, he's going to be amazing. But hey, that's that's a lot of risk, and that's why so you got to. That's why the risk I don't sometimes think is worth it when somebody gets ranked too high, where you're starting to almost pay for what you think they're going to be instead of what they've been. You're you're drafting on potential completely, which he's not quite there because he does have honestly. I think he does have top five potential if he played like at the end of the year, but. I've seen it too much from him and it hasn't happened where I'm very, very skeptical. I can't find myself drafting him. It's weird. I just, I don't think I ever end up with Derrick Henry on a team and I've done mocks and other stuff. I don't, Derrick Henry doesn't find his way to my team ever. And I don't think that'll change, especially if he's moving up like that. Yeah, no. And yeah, and I, I, yeah, I was rooting for him last year. I really was. I was like, this is your time. But, I mean, the fact, if you can't outplay Deion Lewis, and not saying anything against him, but if you can't outplay him, especially in that offense that desperately needs a way to score the football, and the fact that you, you had five touchdowns before, you know, like you were talking about, he had like a 90-yard, you know, 75-yard. If, if he's not even able to just vulture touchdowns when they're inside the five-yard line because he's so big, that is very scary for me. 
I mean, that should be the the one thing he can do game in and game out. But a big part of that is they can't move the ball. You know, between Mariota just not getting it done, they don't. You know, they have two two young receivers that should be good. But I, I think that that's pretty much the place where offensive players go to die of boredom. <laughs> pretty much, right? <laughs> hey, we could be completely wrong on this, but we could. But I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, and. Yeah, but if you drafted him last year, I don't. I don't think you're gonna, you know, be going against me because my guess is you didn't make the playoffs, so you couldn't even use him on the two games that mattered. Man, he he is the one that I keep thinking of this. Like, yeah, there's some. He could be really good, but how are they possibly gonna? They're not gonna use him like those last. He did those last four games. It's just not gonna work. If teams see them using him like that, they're just gonna stack the box and it's all over. Unless Corey Davis becomes a thing. I don't even think Corey Davis, not even Corey Davis on him. It's it's Mariota, and Mariota is just no good. Right, and and even more so, he, he is definitely, you know, he only had 15 receptions last year as well. So, you know, he is strictly a rushing, you know, halfback, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I just, I just, in that offense, there's not enough to go around, you know, when you're, I just can't see it. Yep, I it's not worth the risk for me. And that's kind of how I like to play it. And yeah, once in a while, we might not get that kind of player and it might break out and Hey, I just missed on him. But I think there's a reason why we seem to do pretty well in fantasy every year and have a, you know, have very good teams who get to the playoffs, which is really where you just want to be. Cause then who knows at that point, but you get there. If you really just make smart, solid decisions and don't, don't go too crazy with risk, especially in these early rounds. I don't think it just, I don't think it's worth – I think in the first few rounds, don't just – don't go too crazy. I know, and it, it kind of goes along with this. You, you will hear a lot of different people talking about, I'm right, I'm right, and when I know, I know, that kind of thing. And they will say, this guy, get this guy. And I'll be, I'll be completely honest. If you want to be just good at fantasy football or in it every single year, you don't even have to be right. You just can't – you just don't be wrong. So you you look at these guys that are huge risk and you say, well, I can get that guy, you know, for cheaper or no, I'm going to go with the sure thing for the first three rounds and then I'll be able to, you know, be able to correct the ship if if I'm wrong. You just you really just can't make the big mistake. And I I look at Derrick Henry and I think even if he does turn into, say, a top five talent and I didn't take him there. Honestly, I'm okay with that. Because I probably got another guy that is producing, and my team is fine. But if I take him and he turns out to be a bust, he turns out to be, you know, barely a number three running back, someone that I probably came and play most weeks, then I've really shot myself in the foot. And at least that's how I look at it. And I, I think that is the the difference between making a one giant prediction on one guy when you have to go, you know, get him above where he should go compared to Derrick Henry falls to me. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go with the safe bet because I just don't trust this player. And not everyone's going to agree with how we think about this and to be a little safer than others. I, I'm never a big fan of the whole. There's some people that are just all about the risk and trying to p- predict the breakouts. And that's all they care about. Right. Yeah. But if you, it's if you, not my thing. I mean, how many, how many breakouts do you have to get in order to guarantee yourself a win? Yeah, it's, it, you're playing with fire. <laughs> yeah, that's why there's some you can listen to other people too that might say this and you might one year you might hit 
they might hit on two or three breakouts. And wow, you you know you might win the title that year. You've become very close. But the way I think the way we do it, you have a chance to make that. You'd be in the playoffs almost every year. And then it's still it's a, like it's a toss up once you get to the playoffs. It really, really is. I'm a good team. I had Saquon Barkley and Zeke Elliott on the same team, and I didn't win. How is that? Uh, Saquon, Zeke, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans. I don't win. Yeah, your team, your team was crazy. And on the other side, who actually a guy that was like 500 beat me, and he ended up winning the whole thing. And I had Kamara, McCaffrey, yeah. Juju, and uh, my gosh, and Gordon. I mean, I was I was stacked to the gills, and it, you know, what I mean, it, it's all about that one week when you make the playoffs. But that's the beauty of it. He and to his, you know, his point, he he did get right with Mahomes, but Mahomes he took him as his second quarterback, and then you know, rode him as far as he could. And then he picked up guys from free agency when, you know, you're talking about the Darren, you know, Damian Williams of, of the world. And that happens a lot. So it, you can get a good football team, but you don't win the playoffs with the draft. And I've learned that the, the hard way many years, because, you know, you always have a good team, but that's what you want to do. You want to get yourself to the playoffs. And then, you know, in the final weeks, then you really tweak it to make sure you're there to win. And honestly, that's why these guys on this list aren't quite worth it to me where they're going right now. That's why you don't. That's why I'm going to stay away. No. But hey, maybe some of you guys might not feel the same. If you don't, hey, reach out to us, fantasyfootballprofit at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. Go on our Instagram at instagram.com slash fantasyfootballprofit, which actually I should mention about the relegation league we just got going there, Jeff. Um, so if you guys want, we're doing a relegation style league now. We're going to hopefully do this now over the next years to have this thing something that continually go we have we're going to start it off with i guess a pretty lofty number we're going to have 84 teams which i think it's a good start 84 teams there's going to be three separate tiers there's going to be seven leagues between them and you can move up and down the tiers every year based on where you finish you go down if you lose kind of a thing but if you want to get involved with that go check us out on instagram instagram.com slash fantasy football profit we have the signups going on there. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I'm excited about it. I want to see how I can do and if I can move up the ranks, start out, I'm going to start out at the bottom tier, see if I can move myself up over the next couple of years. And then also might as well mention if you've been in a league of ours in the past and you're either a champion or a runner up, let us know if you want back in, we'll get you, you'll be in the champions league. So the top level is going to be the champions league. We'll go the middle. There'll be another level under that, the bottom under that. So, it's gonna be a lot of fun, and hopefully, I don't just sit in the bottom league forever. That's my plan. Just move myself up. But it's getting that time of year where shoot, we're getting we'll get those together. We'll draft probably early August, so we're only two months away from that. The draft is not far away now, Jeff. It's coming. It's coming. And yeah, that relegation league is gonna be a ton of fun. Please check it out and find out what the rules are. Um, if you ever watch soccer at all, obviously that's how the you know Premier League works. So I think it'll be really cool actually having to look at the the bigger picture and and trying to fight not only for the number one seed, but if you get in the top you know top couple, top two or three, I believe, Craig, and uh, you'll get to move up to the the league above you. Um, and so, it keeps it interesting, even if yeah, you're, all year round. Yeah, and yeah, and you if you're in the bottom, you, you drop, so you don't want to take one week off because it could be the difference. Yeah, it could make that week 13 game from you might only have five wins in the year, but that last week actually matters. I think it keeps it quite interesting and fun. So, all right, that'll do it for this week. We'll be back next week. Talk to you then.